Friend, please help Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry by supporting the cost to produce Spirit-Filled Radio and Podcast for this current fiscal year. You can become a partner with Spirit-Filled Hearts by donating monthly. Your contributions make a difference in the lives of all those who listen to our radio shows and podcasts. Thank you for your support. Go to spiritfilledhearts.org and click on the donate button. That's spiritfilledhearts.org. Welcome back to week 29 of the I Thirst follow-up. We'll start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So today we're talking about our testimony that we have to give to other people as proud Catholics. Here we have to love our faith with all of our heart because it's our way to heaven and it is a great gift that God has given to us. And so depending on our personality, for some people it's harder to share the testimony because they might be kind of more reserved or maybe on the shy side or maybe they just don't know how to do it. Um, That could be another reason. Or somebody is on the other spectrum and they are very effusive, they're ready to talk about their faith, etc. And, you know, here we have to definitely have a game plan in order to share the faith in the most efficient way and a beautiful way and a very convincing way. So here, if we have a battle plan, right, to try to save as many souls as possible, this is what evangelization is about. We have to really show people the truth with super uh, beautiful ways of grabbing their souls, grabbing their attention, so that their um, whole being, their body, soul, and their mind, everything of their person is really wrapped up into heaven. And so really sharing the faith is a beautiful example where it involves the entire person, where you're really present to that person, where you're just there for that person. And so here for our battle plan, we have to have at least a short version of our testimony and then how God has really worked in our life and then sometimes you know you might only be given a little short space of time you know just like an elevator moment you know that much time to speak to somebody before they have to go or you know it just might be a short you know thing on the street or something like this or you might have a longer sit down time with a friend or something like that and so here we just really have to see how do we catch souls in the best way possible. So here, obviously, we always speak honestly and we always ask God for help. We can't really preach about God unless he's really helping us. So it's not really us who's doing any of the, you know, preaching. It's really Jesus preaching in us. And so a beautiful thing to do um, along with our morning offering is just say, Jesus, help me to speak the truth with pure love and to capture as many souls according to your holy will and just to do that every single day. When we make our morning offering, we say, Jesus, I give up everything to you this day. And including that is all the souls that you put in my path. Every person that you put in my path, help me to bring every one of them to heaven if it be your holy will. And so always to begin evangelization and our testimony with prayer and always to entrust everything to Jesus, Mary, and St. Joseph. This is super important with the Protestants. You know, here they're just kind of like giving their testimony about God, which is good in a certain way, but we always have to consecrate our testimony to Jesus, Mary, and St. Joseph. For example, remember St. Dominic, anytime he would 
preach. Anytime he would preach at all, he would always pray the rosary before and after. So this is a great example for us. Before we give our testimony, you know, at least in our morning offering at the beginning of the day, or, you know, before we have a long sit-down friend talk with somebody, we would always pray before and then always pray after. Don't forget to pray after too, even if it looks like it's hopeless. Maybe they're not converted or maybe it doesn't seem like anything that we said affected them. You have no idea. We cannot bind God's power. And so here, always pray before and after with pure hope and pure love and pure trust in the power of God. And so here, our testimony really has to have first an attention grabber, right? Uh, it has to be something where you really grab their attention and, you know, kind of shoot them to heaven as fast as possible. We want to have that, and then we want to have the main heart of our message, and then we want to have a powerful closer that really wants to make them change their life, you know? So you have a beginning, strong beginning, strong middle, and strong end. You know, this is kind of just why, you know, everybody who writes a book or an essay or a letter or something like that, you know, this is the kind of mindset that even just secular people have. So we have to have like an attention grabber and then we have to have a beautiful heart of our story, really get that down. And then we will have the beautiful kind of clencher at the end. What will you do in your life? You know, how can you really further God's kingdom? How can you save souls yourself? How can we change our lives to become great saints, right? And so here really to have that kind of as a plan is is a beautiful thing. And when we do this, when we're thinking about how to evangelize, the best, again, place to do it is in prayer. We know we're going to sit down before the Blessed Sacrament. We are going to pray in our room if we can't get to church or something like that. We're going to just be there before God and really just contemplate, what did God do in my life? You know, and so it's not just kind of this uh, promo that we're doing for the Catholic Church, but really when we're giving our testimony, we are really thinking about what did God do in my life? And then really condensing it to really just see it in God's eyes. Because really when we tell other people about what God has done in our lives, it's really just showing his great mercy, his magnificence, his power, and how he really changed our life and really did it in a way that only he can do. And so here, again, the area of kind of brainstorming and really seeing what did God do in my life is in prayer, in deep prayer. And so here we should take, you know, a day, we should take a couple days, you know, maybe of a little small retreat and just really think in our lives, what is it, you know, that God did in my life and really just sum up everything together. And we can give this beautiful testimony to our family, to our children. We can share it according to who's ever listening, to our friends or, you know, whatever it is. You could have a testimony party if you want to, where you just say that this is all about giving praise to God and his divine providence for what he's done for us all. You know, so for example, I'll give you an example of a short testimony here. You know, so for my life, uh, I was always, you know, a Catholic. I was born and raised a Catholic by my mother, but in my life, I went through everything and I'm super grateful to my parents, but there was one teacher and he was in high school and the way that he presented the faith was just so jaw-dropping. It was just everything led to God, you know? And so usually we compartmentalize our faith and this is where faith is and this is where my job is, this is where school is, etc. But here, this man really influenced me and he just showed how math and music and everything just 
came together and how God was the creator of all truth and he just brought everything together. I could find God by music. I could find God by one plus one is equal to two. I could find God by looking at a tree. I can find God by looking at creation. I can find God by reading the Bible. Here we see that God is able to be found in all of his works. And when he opened my eyes to this, when I was like, why are we reading all this math, uh, this Euclid geometry? Why are we reading this Plato, you know, who was like hundreds and hundreds of years before Christ? You know, what does that have to do with religion class? And when I began to see that all the truths led to God, you know, this really opened my, my little mind up. <laughs> and so after that, I was just caught. And the way that he was just thirsting for truth, you know, he wanted the truth above all things, you know. He just was wanting to get truth out of everybody. And the way that he approached people, it was just so amazing. He was just approaching everybody, you know, just like Socrates did. And he wanted all the truth that you could give him, you know. And so this is a beautiful way. And this is a marvelous way to encounter people. They have so much to give us. And we just want all the truth and the beauty that they can give us. And so here, this man really just kind of really influenced me a lot and he made me then appreciate my faith and really opened my eyes to my faith and everything that my mother and my father kind of made me go to mass you know when I was little and it was just kind of all this stuff being forced on me etc you know throughout uh, my early years then suddenly I'm like wow this is super important I am seeing why you know what the church is what the Eucharist is who God is who Jesus is right and all comes through this man and so here we see that it's just this one person you know who can really just by their inspiration and their love for the truth just really capture our souls just by his joy and his intensity and his just not being afraid this world is just so afraid of so many things and you know fear is just such a big turnoff and so we just want to be courageous and strong and loving but towards the right things you know and so here you know when we present our testimony we say okay well then here's you know the culture you know this man was just like really captivating then he led me to uh, a college uh, Thomas Aquinas College you know but here just a place where we could really you know just flourish and find like-minded people who really love the faith and here I'm going to daily mass as a college student and talking about holy things with other students and going to holy hour and you know just praying with other students and trying to live the Catholic life in the best way possible while reading like all of these beautiful Catholic works and all of the ancients you know who led up to the you know beautiful works of St. Thomas Aquinas and then really being um, kind of germinated in that beautiful Catholic environment. And then afterwards, I joined the seminary. So here, yeah, it was just uh, really kind of a whirlwind for me. Um, there, just at the college, just seeing a religious. And when I saw, you know, an uh, amazing uh, monk dressed in black, and I just, he was one of the chaplains there. He was a Benedictine. And I saw that, and I was like, wow, I want to do that. I want to give everything to Jesus. And so here, you can just see how God uses people in our lives, and he puts them there for a reason. And then pretty much right after, 
I graduated college, I graduated in May, and then I basically made a come and see visit in June, and then I entered in August. <laughs> so it was really, really fast after that, and then here I am today, you know, and God has changed my life so much, you know, obviously through the religious life and the priesthood and just trying to save souls. And so here, you know, you just have like a little short thing um, about your life that maybe it was a little bit longer, but here we have this like short little thing and just kind of inspiring how God put these people in our lives, etc. How none of this could have happened, you know, by our own design. These people were placed in our life for a certain reason. And then, you know, just really, really catch, capture their attention and, you know, how anybody, God can change anybody's life. I could not have imagined, you know, that I would go on this track, you know, just from listening to this guy speak about math and how math can lead you to God, you know. And so just that beautiful, um, just track of, you know, how it leads from something so small like that, how just being in love with your faith and seeing how everything leads to God, then that led me all the way to this point where I'm a priest and trying to save souls and trying to inspire other young people and students and friends and older people, everybody that I meet here at the parish and at the school in order to get to heaven. And so here, you know, just to have that really clencher, you know, so these people are super inspiring, they love their faith faith, you can find God through everything, right? And then uh, this kind of thirst for truth leading to this Catholic environment at college and then listening and praying and really having this great desire to just save souls and to do God's work. And then really just showing um, at the end of the story, just saying like, I could not imagine, you know, how God dreamt up this plan. Obviously he's God, but he did it. And he brought me all this way and I could not have imagined those things and God can do anything with anybody, you know, and kind of just inspiring people this way. You know, so it kind of depends, you know, when we share our testimony, we obviously have to tailor it to different people. Sometimes they're going through hard things, you know, so we have to have our kind of suffering story ready, you know, so we have our testimony, but then we really see that, you know, we have to tailor it to different people. And, you know, these are the kind of suffering moments that I had, you know, in my life, uh, it was difficult, you know, with these things or whatever, or, you know, how did God rescue me from suffering, that kind of thing. Um, we also have to be prepared for those kind of encounters also. As a priest, for example, you know, if there's somebody in the hospital that is, you know, dying of cancer, you know, what kind of consolation can a priest give in those times? You know, obviously you ask the Holy Spirit, you know, to help you. We ask the Holy Spirit to enlighten us, to help those people in those times. Really, God is the one always. He is always the one who kind of pulls through in all of those circumstances. But here, just to be ready, you know, about all these kind of stories. You know, for example, there was one atheist that I knew and he would just kind of listen to me because I was preaching. And one day he fell down. He was an older man and and because of that fall, eventually he was in the hospital and then basically he wasn't going to make it. And so I just went to him and I prayed for him and he loved to come to my masses, even though he was basically, he didn't believe in God. He didn't believe in the church. He kind of had a bone to pick with the church and he just came to church because he wanted to hear me talk. You know, look. 
my goodness, you know, just to hear me talk, you know, is just already too much, you know. And so here he was there in the hospital bed and I came to him and, you know, I would also watch movies with him and I would just, he loved the old movies, you know, so he was kind of old Hollywood kind of character. And, you know, so we talk about movies and everything that you can look, uh, look at it, movies and all the symbolism. And so, you know, we spent time together and, you know, I just kind of waited for God and I tried to bring up, you know, the beauty of the church and everything like that in our conversations. But, you know, obviously he was in a delicate situation, you know, <laughs> he was a little bit angry at the church, etc. So here he was on the hospital bed. And then right then and there, he's, you know, just there. He doesn't look too great. You know, after the fall, you know, he is pretty much very near the end. And then I just asked him, do you want to be Catholic? And then he just looked at me and he was teary eyed. And then he just said, yes. And then everything just broke through at that moment, you know. And so he eventually, you know, got baptized and, you know, received the sacraments. And then he died afterwards, you know. So here all these amazing stories um, you know, I'm sure you have tons of them um, you know God has done so many things that we don't even know in our lives and you know just to have kind of these stories ready and you know stories of suffering how God brings the best out of suffering and uh, even out of sadness so for example I tell the story a lot with my grandmother when she was going to die and I was a seminarian already and she just did not um, obviously didn't speak English and so it was hard for me to even say anything about the Catholic faith. And so when she was dying, I was there at her bedside and uh, she loved me very much, obviously, even though we couldn't communicate. And I just wanted her to be Catholic really, really, really badly. And I didn't have the courage to even ask my dad, can you translate for me, you know, and just tell grandma, does she want to be Catholic? And just even offer it. And so I was too scared to do that because Everybody else was around there, and I was even a seminarian, so I left that just feeling just completely devastated, and it was just so hard. And uh, I went back to the monastery, and I was just so in a dark, dark, dark place. And so after that, I just called my mother, and I just kind of said to her, you know, I just, I prayed, you know, to St. Therese. I just begged God, please, you know, even though I was so weak and I was not courageous, and I should have said something when I when I was and I was just so scared. Here, you know, please God, just do something, you know. And then so I talked to my mother, and then she just listened and she said, "That's okay, that's okay. Don't worry, don't worry." You know. So I called the priest, a Chinese priest, a Taiwanese priest actually. And here he went to the church. Uh, he went to the hospital from the church, and he talked to my grandmother, and then she converted, and basically everything happened. You know, so this was like you know just craziness after, and I couldn't believe it. I was like, "What in the world? How is this even possible?" You know, this was after my grandmother died. You know, so that I didn't put that in. So here, I mean, I was just like completely downtrodden because she passed away and then I didn't do anything. And then I just called my mother and told her, you know, I just feel so bad. And then she said, oh, don't worry. I took care of it, basically. And so the priest, you know, did everything. And there she had a Catholic funeral and a Catholic burial. It's just divine mercy on her tomb with the Blessed Mother there, right, right on her tombstone. And there she is, you know, and my dad's, you know, family is 
because this is this Buddhist or nominally Buddhist. So you pray for them, right? So God can do anything. So you have all these kind of stories just kind of in your back pocket, ready just to give, you know, to people and really just to show God's glory. It's not bragging or anything. It's just really just showing people the glory of God and here just to want to bring as many souls to heaven as possible. So here, you know, we have that short story. And then, of course, the longer story, we can get into it, you know, um, more and just kind of see God's glory even in deeper detail and, you know, speak about how God can, you know, do so many things um, even when we least expect it. And, um, you know, just expand on it as the Holy Spirit sees fit, you know. And so here, um, you know, here that kind of takes practice. But here, again, was just meditating upon God's goodness and glory and this is why the saints were the best evangelists because they just prayed and they just thought about everything that God did in their lives. And so when people came to them, it just came out naturally. <laughs> so here we just got to pray hard and we just have to really think about everything that God has done. And then again, and trust everything to the Holy Spirit uh, for every person that God puts in our life, just to show how much we love our faith, how much we are so happy because of our faith and God does everything. If you're enjoying these podcasts, please consider supporting Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry with a one-time or monthly gift. Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We are only funded by generous donors who believe in our mission to evangelize.